All right, well, tonight, it sounds like y'all have already read a bunch of the speeches. So maybe we should do more than four speeches. Or is four good? All right, so, well, tonight, the first four of Lincoln's speeches, and uh, we'll be discussing those tomorrow. But one of the things we're going to be seeing when you read through Lincoln's speeches is the issue of slavery. Are you, am I being dictated right now by an AI bot? Is that what's happening? Okay, good. You got to be careful. Those AI bots will report me to the authorities, to the tyrant. So we're going to be talking about slavery. We're going to be talking about the institution of slavery, what the Bible has to say about slavery. We're going to talk about um, different races and ethnicities. And so there's some questions that need to be um, asked. Um, and, and this is not a subject that is, uh, I, I suppose, too often thought of um, in our circles. But uh, it is definitely something we need to, to think about. So the question today is, how do we treat people of other ethnicities? All right. Now, the world calls them races. And sometimes we use the word race as a shorthand. But the idea of race is an evolutionary idea, as you well know. Right? We all come from Adam. That makes us one race. If you're born again, united to Christ, you are now a member of the new spiritual race. You are a member of the new humanity in Christ. But there's only one race, man, humankind. But the world is broken up into cultures and subcultures and languages. When was the world broken up into various cultures? Yes? The Tower of Babel, when God divided the languages. An argument can be made that he divided their gods and he divided their their kingdom, and he divided their languages, which leads to divided cultures, right? And um, so what we look at today is people of, quote, different races. What we're looking at are different cultures, primarily, different histories, different traditions, different food and music and art and, and different uh, philosophies that undergird um, the various uh, practices and cultures that they, that they build. <clears throat> what we don't mean by ethnicity is facial features, the level of melanin in your skin, and the shape of your hair follicles. Okay? Um, that is an aspect of life, and unfortunately, people are very harsh in their judgment of others based on facial features or skin color and various things like that. But when the Bible talks about ethnicities, the Bible is not talking about skin tone. It's talking about religion, culture, philosophy, etc., that distinguishes groups of people from other groups of people. Make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, so we get our words right. But what does the Bible say about treating people of other ethnicities? How would we treat Mexicans or Cubans or African Americans? Right? How, what we, how would we treat um, English people if we're Scottish? Or how do we treat... Chinese people, if we're Japanese. All right. So what does the Bible say? Anyone? Adeline? Okay, yes. In some sense, for sure, equally. We should treat them equally, which a, a, a more biblical phrase would be treat them justly. Justly according to God's law. And what does it mean to treat people according to God's law? Well, it means to love them. That's right. Love is the summary of the law. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
is the summary of the law. And so um, we deduce that to keep the law is to love. Right? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's synonymous. To keep his commandments is to love him, and to love him is to keep his commandments. To love another person is to treat them according to the commandments revealed in the Bible. So how do we treat other ethnicities? We treat them according to the law of God in the Bible, which is another way of saying we love them. Um, what if they are our enemies? Should we still then treat them according to God's law? Should we still then love them? Yes, we love our, even our enemies, much less people who are of other ethnicities that aren't our enemies. So we love one another. We love other ethnicities. And this is precisely what the Bible says, at least in general. Are there any exceptions given in the Bible? No. <coughs> now, does God have the right to treat ethnicities, different cultures, different nations, differently? He, of course, does. He certainly treated Israel differently, didn't he? Mm -hmm. He chose them. But we do not have the right, because we're not sovereign, to show unconditional election of some and unconditional hatred of others. Okay? Like when the Israelites went into the Promised Land, there was a group of people there called the Amalekites. And the Amalekites were what we would think of as demonic genocidal, cannibalistic terrorists. A very, very evil, satanic, um, sick, degraded culture. Burning their children in fires, capturing women for sex slavery. I mean, they made the Nazis look tame. And God commanded that that entire ethnicity, that entire group of people be absolutely and utterly wiped off the face of the planet. Kill all the men, all the women, all the children. Kill all the sheep, the goats, burn the houses, burn all of the stuff that you get from the houses in a giant pile in the middle of the city as an offering to me. And we're like, wow, okay. <laughs> what do we say to that? We say, is God unjust? No, we dare not. God is the judge. But he sovereignly judged them as an ethnicity. Make sense? He did the same thing to the um, Babylonians, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Who did he use to judge the Babylonians? Persians. And whom did he use to judge the Persians? The Greeks. The, 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 the Greeks, right? And whom did he use to judge the Greeks? The Romans. And whom did he use to judge uh, apostate Israel? The Romans. The Romans. And who did he use to judge the Romans? The Romans. Well, the Romans themselves, sure, because judgment always begins with the corruption of your own heart and the degradation of your society from the inside, etc. But eventually, who stormed the gates of Rome and burned the city to the ground? The barbarians. The, barbarians, the northern hordes, the Goths and Visigoths. And of course, he continues to judge nations. Nations is the word ethnicity. In Greek, what is nation? Ethnos, that's right. So he still judges the nations. He rules over the nations as a rod of iron, with a rod of iron. The Bible says that if Jesus were to ask the Father to give him the nations as his inheritance, the Father would give them to him. And they are his. All authority is given to Christ on heaven and on earth, and he rules over all the nations. And what is he doing? He's bringing them to himself. He's working to save all of them, which means he judges them. He blesses them. He curses them. And he does not treat them, quote, equally. He treats them according to his nature and his law. All right?
So, <clears throat> of course, he treats them justly. But we, as not being sovereign and not being the judges over nations, all we can do is look to the Bible to make our estimations, to make our calculations, to know how exactly to treat others, right? We're not sovereign, and that's why God gives us the, the Bible to know how precisely to treat other ethnicities. All right, so that's good. Now, what about Western culture, though, in general? What, did, what do you think the Greeks, the ancient Greeks, thought about people of other ethnicities? Did y'all read about this last year? The ancient Greeks. Do you remember reading what they thought about, you know, they were barbarians. the barbarians? What did they think about those people? They were better. Not the barbarians. The, the Greeks believed in Greek what? They were racist. <laughs> they believed in Greek superiority. That's right. Um, you've heard of white superiority. You've heard of black pride. You've, and now you've heard of Greek superiority. Um, the idea of a particular ethnicity being superior is age old, right? It's a, it's a form of national self-righteousness in a sense. The same way individuals think they're better than other people, nations begin to think they're better than other people. Intrinsically. You see, because you, your nation might be better than another nation according to God's law. You might be generally smarter or more educated because why? God's blessed you more. But to believe that you are intrinsically in your nature superior, more evolved, that's what it means to be racist. You see what I mean? And Greek culture, Roman culture, Babylonian culture, Persian culture, all cultures, all ethnicities in the planet, their philosophies taught racial superiority, intrinsic racial superiority over the other races. But there's one culture and one worldview and one philosophy that did not teach racial superiority. Does anyone know it? God. The Israelites, the Bible, that's right. The Bible taught that all ethnicities come from Adam, are fallen in Adam, and need to be redeemed in Christ. Were there people of other ethnicities um, in uh, the lineage of Jesus? Yeah. Yes. In fact, when Abraham was circumcised, was anyone else circumcised with him? Uh, yeah. All of his men in his whole household, which was at least 300 fighting men, so that made about 2,000 people in his household probably. So not all the men were fighting men. And then there's the children and the boys. All of those people are what began what we think of as the Israelite ethnicity, the Jewish ethnicity. It began with a bunch of people of various ethnicities. You see what I mean? A lot of times people think of Jewish people as one pure strand of DNA that goes back all the way in time. It's not how it works. When it began, it began with Abraham's entire household. And then were non-ethnic Jews allowed to come into the community and intermarry and participate? Where have they been? Yeah, wake up, pay attention. Did, what was the, the sign that they had to receive if they were going to come into the community? They had to be circumcised. That's right. <laughs> they also had to be baptized as well. But we'll save that for another day. So the men had to be circumcised and baptized. The, the girls had to be just baptized. And so they could come into the community. That was a sign of entrance, a sign of initiation. Um, Rahab, the harlot. You all heard of her? She was a Canaanite. Ruth, what ethnicity was she? A Moabitess. That's right. Moses married a lady from uh, South or Central Africa. Um, <clears throat> there was the Queen of Sheba, which is from Central Africa, that traveled up to worship God at Solomon's temple. Is the Moabite the, the ones that made the 
No. Oh, yeah, all of them made the Nazis look bad, yes. All the Canaanites were terrible. That's why God um, exercised judgment on them. But he saved people out from among those nations, the Ethiopian eunuch, right? All of, the, all of these are different ethnicities being saved by the one God and being brought into one culture justly according to his law and by his grace. There's one culture, one ethnicity in the entire world and uh, that grew up with the idea of racial equality, racial justice under God and under the law, and that's Israel. Now, of course, when you get to the New Testament, did the Israelites hold fast to those um, biblical teachings, or did they become racist in the New Testament? They're racist in the New Testament. And Jesus said, he said, um, <clears throat> you're the children of Abraham. Oh, you boast being the children of Abraham. God could make children for Abraham out of these rocks. <laughs> He's like, that's not something to boast in. Like, God can turn these rocks into children. He doesn't need, he, like, you're not, why brag? Abraham was a pagan when God met him, right? Rahab, oh, your great ancestor Rahab, she was a harlot. Oh, and you know who, uh, who is also in the lineage of the Messiah? David, who uh, murdered a man and, and, and took his wife. And that child is the one that eventually the Messiah came through, Solomon. Like you read those genealogies and you can see they're just like bashing this idea of <laughs> racial superiority. When Jesus said in his, uh, in his first sermon, when he said that the gospel, basically that the gospel was going to go to the Gentile nations... And by the way, the word nations in Greek is ethnos, which is another way of saying Gentiles. When it would go to the Gentiles, they tried to stone him for saying that. You know that story? He, at a later time, he preached <clears throat> that God chose not to go to Israel during a time of famine, but to go to a Gentile widow and to give her food. And they hated him for it. So um, racial superiority... Racial, what the Bible says, and you need to write this down. This is the name of the sin in the Bible. Racial vainglory. That's the word for it. Racial pride. Racial vainglory. Is a sin in the Bible. And there's only one culture that rejects it, and it's biblical culture. Aristotle said people were born to be slaves. Not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't teach that. All right? Now, like, I mean, just think about it, though. If God's not God, then who's God? You should know this. Man. Man. An individual man, every man, collective man, which is called what? Well, that's a part of it, but it's called, when we think of collective man as God, what's the name of that ism? It is a form of humanism because it's human worship, yeah. It is definitely socialistic. It usually ends up being socialist. It's just statism. It means worship of the state. All right? <clears throat> but which, which state is superior? The one you're in. The one, exactly. The one you're in. See, that's the, that's the basis of racism, racial vainglory, is when you reject God as God, you say, well, man's God. And then you look around and you're like, well, which one of us? Well, it's got to be me. I'm the palest. Or it's got to be me. I'm the darkest. Like that's, that's where racism comes from. It's the rejection of the true, true God. It's asking the question, which God should be on top? And of course, God laughs at all of that stuff. Right? But what about the world today? The world today um, twists and deceives and uses God's words to trick us. I'll give you one example. 
racial superiority. First of all, the word racial is an evil word itself. There's no races. There's one race. There are different cultures, different ethnicities, different heritages and histories. Okay, so that's a lie. But the idea of superiority being inherently bad, is it inherently bad to be superior to another person? No. Not in it's some not, sense. Not, not, not in pride or vain glory. But is it a sin to be taller than another person? No. To be superior in altitude, right? Is it a sin to be stronger than another person? Is it a sin to be weaker than another person or shorter than another person? You see, superiority and inferiority aren't in themselves good or bad. You understand what I'm saying? They are blessings from God, or if you hate God, they end up being curses for you. But they're not in and of themselves evil. To be faster than someone means you're superior to them in the rate at which you can traverse ground with your legs. Right? To be smarter than them means you're superior in your intellect. To have better eyesight means you're superior in your eyesight. You're an eagle and they're a mole. Right? <laughs> it's not a sin to be superior. It's not a sin to be inferior. Now, remember when we studied the revolution, the French Revolution, and, their, and the religious worldview of the French Revolution. What was some of the trademarks of that, of that worldview? Remember, they do, what do they do? They flatten everything. They level everything. Equalidad. When you believe in equalidad, flattening of everything, in the rejection of all hierarchies, what that means is in your mind, in your philosophy and worldview, to be superior is to be evil. Inherently to be evil. And to be inferior is to be oppressed. And so it's in that worldview, that philosophy, that ism deep down where you have the idea of Marxism and uh, critical race theory and intersectionality that's going on today. So even the, their word, oh, you believe in racial superiority. Well, what do you mean by that? Because it's already, you've already packed a lie in there, right? But do we believe in racial vainglory, racial pride, boasting in our ethnicity? Do we believe in any of those things? Of course not. Of course not. <coughs> God hates the proud. Right? But so while the world likes to pretend that they believe in equality and justice and they hate racism, they hate racism so much, you nasty racist Christians, uh, always slandering the Christians just like the devil does. In reality, they believe demonic racist ideologies and they impose them on the rest of the world. Right. <clears throat> let me let me let me say it this way. See what you can think. Um, if a race, a particular ethnicity, gets to have special privileges, where they get extra money and extra social status, and they get extra access to the the polls, and they get to lobby the government as a special interest group, um, does that sound just? No. <coughs> They are being promoted under the law in ways that other ethnicities are based solely on their ethnicity. Right? That's racist. When our founding fathers established this country, one of the things they wanted to reject is the idea of certain people getting special benefits. They didn't want to have a nobility class. You understand what I mean by that? Special nobles and aristocrats that have titles and perks and, and all the other plebe don't get to have those things. But our country has unfortunately thrown that away. And now every single ethnicity is a special 
class, a special voting block. They get a special day. They get a special holiday. They get a special clubs and special buildings, all of these different things. This, this, is, this is the concept of, of the flattening, the leveling, being turned upside down to show um, racism, especially to white Protestant people. And all of this, of course, as you know, which is true of the revolution, is what it's all about. It's really an, a, a war against God himself. Right? What about all the genocides that continue to go on throughout the country, like the genocides that are taking place right now in China? Are those evil? Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you hear our, the news media rebuking those and pointing those things out? No. no? What about the disparity in the, in the number of black children murdered in the womb over and above how many white children are murdered in the womb? Does that sound racist? Yeah. Yep, that's racist. Do you hear the media ever talking about that? Do you ever hear that in the news, anything like that? What about when you fill out a college application, they ask you what ethnicity you are? Why might they need to know that? Because some ethnicities get special perks and benefits. They're a special class of people simply because of their ethnicity. That is unbiblical. That is racist. So I'm just simply saying the world's always had racists in it. I'm simply saying that our current secular humanistic culture likes to pat itself on the back and say we're liberated we're um, modern and we believe in equality and we're standing up for the races but in, in reality just like aristotle just like the greeks just like all the other non-christian cultures they're racist deep down the only culture and people who are not racist down in their first principles in their ideology are those who hold fast to the bible if you don't hold fast to the Bible, you will have racist deductions, and you will think racist, you will act racist, and you will even live racist. Right? So let's look at the Bible just a little bit. <clears throat> um, uh, the Good Samaritan. Apply that for me. Do you remember the story of the Good Samaritan? has something to do with ethnicity. What, did, what was the uh, parable about? Yes, Addie? Yeah, he, he was given a good example of how to love another person. But it's interesting, though, that the good Samaritan was a Samaritan when he told the parable. And he told the parable to Jews who what? Who hated the Samaritans in a racist way. Isn't that funny? So he made the, uh, the, the Samaritan who everyone hated the hero of the, of the story. And he made the Jew the, uh, the one who needed the help of the Samaritan. That most certainly triggered all the racists in the and crowd. The, the Levite came and like just walked by him at the beginning. Yeah, that's, he, he, was, he was basically, uh, there was definitely some triggering going on. It's very similar when I say today that I'll say something like the grace of God can cover all sins. Cover the sins of a white supremacist, cover the sins of a Nazi, cover the sins of a racist, cover the sins of a murderer. You throw in those particular classes of people. Um, to show just how far grace is, even the worst of worst, IRS agents, etc. <laughs> right? So, Peter, there's another aspect in the Bible. Peter, remember, he shunned some of the Gentiles. Remember that? And Paul rebuked him and said, you can't shun them, that's against the gospel, just because of ethnic reasons. <clears throat> Paul said this, he said to the Galatians, that they didn't need to become Jewish anymore. 
that if they're baptized, that's good enough. They don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to follow the Jewish customs. Those were temporary, um, and they were not superior to any other ethnicities necessarily. All right? So that's pretty good for today. <clears throat> Are all men, uh, regardless of their ethnicity, fallen? Yes. yes. Are they all capable of the same sorts of evils? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Are they all um, going to be won by Christ through the gospel? Is Jesus seeking to save all the nations? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the Great Commission, to go and baptize and disciple all the nations. So, good, that's all we need for today. Good.